0: Hey guys, welcome to the Better Way podcast, where we have conversations about anything and everything pertaining to following Jesus in everyday life. Our hope is that the discussions that we have here would challenge your faith and encourage you in your relationships with God, people, and the world around you. My name is Adam Winter. I'm here with Matt Dorn. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. I don't know why I always tell you to say hi. That's right. (laughs) And you said, hi, Matt. That's perfect. So yeah, if you're listening, welcome back. It is time to dig back into Wednesday Word. And I'm excited about today's episode because I I feel like it's going to liberate some people. I feel like it's going to give some people hope. And I mean, like, who doesn't want that? Right? I want hope. Give me some hope. So today, if you're following along in our reading plan, again, as always, you can pick that up on our website, ncgreenwood.org, if you want to follow along with us. Uh, But today we are in Mark chapter 9. And so you could turn there, uh, not if you're driving, but yeah, just turn there. If you're sitting in front of Bible, keep your hands on the wheel if you're driving. <laughs> keep your hands on the wheel if you're driving, uh, Mark chapter nine. And there's a lot going on here in this chapter. Uh, if you've already read it today and you're seeing the transfiguration subheading up there, you're probably wondering if we're going to talk about that again or not. Uh, <laughs> you can go back and listen to that episode. We had a few episodes back on our Wednesday word for Matthew chapter 17. We talked about that. So. Go back in the archives. Won't take you long. Uh, But yeah, we already talked about that. Today we're, we're going to just hone in on one section here in Mark chapter 9, verse 24. And so I'm going to read that right here, right now, and we're going to talk. So Mark 9, verse 14. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. Him, by the way, is Jesus. I figure you probably know that, but just for clarity's sake. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. And he answered them, And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. And so we're going to stop right there. You can go read that later. If you haven't already, you could see if Jesus wins his little battle with the demon. Spoiler alert, he does. Uh, But I want to pause on this father who makes this statement. I believe. Help my unbelief. And just think about how contradictory that statement even sounds, right? Like, I believe, but I don't believe. Like, which is it? Do you do you believe? Do you not believe? Pick a side. And so I want to use this story to talk about doubt. And so question for you, Matt. Matt, you grew up, I think, mostly in the church your whole life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what was your experience of doubt growing up in church? Maybe not necessarily your felt experience, but like your perception. Like, how, how was it talked about? Was it not? Was it... Just talk about that.
1: Yeah, I think in the context of, of doubt um, growing up, I, I think I, I, I remembered everything being secure. And for me me personally, I don't remember much doubt because I felt like everything I had was there. It mm-hmm. was provided for, needed. But I know in the context of, of church world, in the denomination I grew up in, it was doubt was, was looked upon as a, as a negative thing in the sense of you just don't have enough faith or you're not believing enough or you're not, um, you're not seeking God harder enough kind of thing. Um, and so there's doubt mixed in there. Um, but for most of my part of my experience, so, so that, that shaped and formed me in a way, you know, obviously because you, you have that, oh, well I just need to believe more, but what does that look like and how do I flesh that out? And, I don't have because I doubt and and there's but there's never really any clarity on that. It was just yeah, stop just there, end of discussion. Stop doubting and have faith. stop doubting, have faith. And it's almost frowned upon. Oh, you know, I don't know if they blatantly said that's sinful to doubt, but you kind of why, you yeah. you definitely get that implication. Yeah, but how about how about you, man? You know, you grew up.
0: Yeah, I grew up in the church as well for the most part. I mean, for the yeah, I did. I, I went to church my whole life, and and for me it was similar. It was. I I think my perception of it was that it really was hardly mentioned. It was just kind of like not talked about. And so that caused me to feel weird when I did, because Mm -hmm. I'm like, this isn't something that I've even really heard much about. So am I in danger here, you know? And like you, when it was talked about, because it was kind of sparingly, it was more along those lines of Christians shouldn't doubt. And you just need to have more faith. You just need to trust in God, right? Mm -hmm. That was always the... The statement that was made and and by well-meaning people, like I'm not, you know, saying anything bad about that. I think they had very good intentions in saying that. I I think they were just, hey, you know, let's have faith. Let's trust in God. Mm. Don't do that doubting thing. Right. But my perception was that doubt means that your faith is in grave danger. Like that if you're doubting, you are teetering on the brink of apostasy. And so I grew up wrestling with that, and, and I'll talk more about that in, in a minute. But as, as my faith has evolved over the years, as I've read the Bible for myself and studied and, and just, you know, things we all should be doing, reading the Bible and learning, just seeking God, I've, I've landed in a very different place with doubt. And so for definition's sake, when we're talking about doubt— how I think about it now is that doubt is not the absence of faith. Doubt is a faith that is seeking understanding, or at least it can be. Doubt is not the absence of faith. It's, it's faith that is seeking understanding, deeper understanding. And so for me, this is a very different way of viewing doubt than how I viewed it early on. Instead of doubt being at odds with faith or the opposite of faith, not only can doubt work together with faith, but it can deepen and enrich your faith. And so you, you might be hearing this right now and be thinking like, what the heck is this guy even talking about? Like, I'm not, I'm not doubting right now. Should I be? Like, <laughs> and the answer to that is no. Uh, don't leave this podcast and go and try to muster up some doubt. That's not yeah. what we're you know, encouraging. I'm, I'm simply saying that times of doubt are a natural part of the faith experience. All of us in our lives in some way and to varying degrees will wrestle with doubt. And rather than push against that, as I was often told, or rather than pretend like that's not there or feel bad about it, I'm advocating, and I believe that the Bible advocates that we embrace it, that we welcome it, that we lean into it, and that we use it for the purpose of actually deepening our faith in God. And so, Matt, as you're hearing this, talk me off the ledge. Am I crazy? Do you have any thoughts on on all that?
1: Yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of unpacking to do with that because, yeah, like you said, you don't want the listeners to... (laughs) well man i just need to go doubt but i think at the same time i think that there is there should be a little bit of like breath of fresh air for those who are in the midst of that doubting time yeah right like it's a human thing to doubt like if you're i'm not saying like stay there <laughs> sure. but but recognize if it's it's kind of like what we tell people um that if you're if you're if you don't realize that you're in the fight then you you're not doing if you're not doing anything you're not in the fight And so that means like you're not even trying. And so Mm -hmm. the fact that you you recognize that there's doubt there is like you're you're fighting this thing. You're fighting a reality just like this gentleman was. He's like, I see my son from childhood has been possessed. He's been tormented time and time again. And I've also heard of this Jesus, this Messiah who's healing people. Mm -hmm. So my whole life experience has been shown to me that, this is the way things are with my son. This is a circumstance that I find myself in. But I'm hearing I'm hearing out from people. Jesus has has transformed people's lives. They've they've healed the paralytics. They've dropped people down from the roof and people have been healed. I mean, he's hearing these stories and he's like there's a glimmer of hope, but man, there's also this fight inside of me that says I've lived with this this son, my whole, his whole life. And I've seen probably the ups and downs that they've gone through and, and the ins and outs that they have tried and tried and tried. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think, I think too, we need to recognize like, as, as you're reading that, like there's a spiritual warfare going on there that we're not aware of. Totally. Yeah. And, um, in that, but, but in, in the midst of that, to doubt is to be normal. Um, no, I, I don't think you're crazy in that. I think the, the whole thing is like, where are we allowing that doubt to lead us to? No, that's good. Where, where, where are you allowing that doubt to kind of move you in the direction for is it What are you doing you, with your doubt? If, yeah. yeah. What are you doing with it? Is it moving you into deeper doubt or is it moving you into, uh, you know, hope for the fe- hope in God, trusting yeah. God? Um, or is it, or is it moving you to more trusting yourself? I mean, like it's cause it's, you got to do something with it. It's either going to send you down into a downward spiral and keep you there, or either it's going to move you towards something that's going to move you out of that.
0: No, that's good. Yeah. No, that's good. That's exactly what we're going to talk about today. And and, um, yeah, just in the context of our faith, right? When you say, you know, it's natural to doubt, it it is. And and especially for, you know, we're obviously speaking to those that follow God, the God of the Bible. And, you know, we worship a God that we cannot understand fully. You know, he'd be a very small God if we could just wrap our whole minds around this infinite God. So naturally, we we should be asking questions, seeking understanding. It's a mm-hmm. natural part of the faith experience. If, if you're, if you have a faith that never asks questions, yeah, <laughs> you probably have a pretty shallow faith. If you just read the Bible and you're like, hmm, that's interesting. They just slaughtered a bunch of people. Canaanite genocide. Hmm, cool. Moving right along now. And you never just ask questions again, not in a how dare God? Or what is this? Like, but in a in a in a posture, which we'll talk about the right posture to have. But mm-hmm. in a desire to to, to know, know God. this God more, yeah. then yeah, I mean, you're missing out. It's really, I think, I believe wholeheartedly that the Bible invites us to ask questions. God has given us minds that that do that. We're born interpreters. We're trying to make sense of the world. We're trying to make sense of of our life of seasons of suffering.
1: Yeah. Do you? I, I don't know. This question is, Can we? Do you think it's more of a? I mean, I, I know doubting is there because I, I'm thinking in the in the sense of like like we're children of God. And I think about my children and, and you have kids too. Mm-hmm. And you think about like how we, we don't know things and we're, we're, we're asking questions and we're growing. And I, I think doubt maybe is a different kind of thing than yeah, just it's a, not a child being doubt, being curious and like, well, why is that? And what is that? Dad? I don't understand that. And make sense of that. Totally. And, and yeah. then as you grow, it could, it could still be this like, well, man, I still don't make, I still don't understand that fully. And there's uncertainty there. Yeah. I think that's where doubt
0: is. There's, mm-hmm. there's uncertainty I do think there's a distinction. I think there's times where it's, yeah, I don't understand this, Dad. What does this mean? Mm-hmm. I also think there's seasons where it's, Dad, you said this, I'm not seeing this. And yeah. that's a different kind of doubt. Yeah. So I definitely think there's a distinction. And that's there. That's,
1: what, that's what we're saying there.
0: Yeah. So so there are things for sure, you know, that God that God says or does that make very little sense, right? There are sometimes ta- sometimes He does things that seem. To contradict what he says. And I say seem because it's not a contradiction, but it can feel that way. Like the father, you know, in the story, Mark and I, who's mm. hearing about this Jesus of power who heals and, and, you know, casts out demons, and yet his felt experience, his lived experience is the opposite of that. So mm. it seems like there's a contradiction there. So these things oftentimes, these seasons of doubt especially, oftentimes happen in the crucible of suffering. We've just kind of talked about that, right? When When God feels far and pain feels close— and these seasons can cause us to doubt. And so thankfully, this is one of my favorite things about the Bible. The Bible speaks overwhelmingly to this issue. The Bible doesn't think that doubt is weird. Uh, The Bible doesn't think that doubt is bad. Instead, it assumes, actually, that we will doubt, and and the assumption is that very naturally we will doubt. And so the question is, as we've already talked about, what do we do with our doubt? Mm Do we just sit in it and be like, oh, I'm doubting, and this is just the way that, you know, what do we do with it, right? Because if you're truly seeking to know God and to follow Jesus more closely, the the felt experience of doubt is not great. <laughs> doesn't feel good, right? To feel shaky, it doesn't yeah. feel good to to be uh, on unstable ground. Uncertainty, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel right to question God's goodness or character, His reliability or His word. And so, thankfully, the Bible also tells us how to doubt, how to work through these areas of unbelief. And and we don't get to determine what that looks like, right? I think naturally we kind of, okay, I'm just gonna do this with my dad or whatever. But the Bible gives us a path forward and a path toward deeper understanding that we're after, that we're longing for. So I was just thinking, even even in preparation for this, this just kind of came to me, but I was like, okay, in the Psalms, you know, we've got David who is notoriously a man after God's own heart. All throughout the Psalms, we're seeing this guy Doubt. I mean, you can call what you want, but it's. I mean, there's some really raw stuff in there about. He's straight up questioning things that he's heard about Yahweh, and 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 he's wrestling with these things. But we're gonna see how he is. But this is a man after God's own heart, doubting. He's been anointed king, and he's
1: out in the wilderness, Uh hiding for his life. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then we've got uh, John 18 with John with John the Baptist in the New Testament, who Jesus said was the greatest man that ever lived. And yet we see him in prison saying, are we sure this Jesus is the Messiah? Mm. So we got two guys, man after God's own heart, greatest man that ever lived, who wrestled deeply with doubt. And so right off the bat, we know that this can't be straight up bad, right? Mm, and <laughs> This is right. something that's normative in the human experience and in life with God. So Matt, when we're talking about how to work through doubt, where, where do you, and I know the Bible is going to give us a, a, a way to do that, but where do you think we begin? What's, what's the way to start?
1: Yeah. One thing is just like, like we're saying is where's it leading you to? And the, the, the root of all that is where your heart is leading you. And, and so is your heart headed in a direction of, um, I guess the easiest way to put it is, would be, is it, is there, is there pride or is there humility? Is it, is it posturing yourself in like, um, in this genuine humility that God, I don't understand this. I'm trying to trust in you for this. Um, and, and you're walking in that kind of way, um, and moving in that direction, or are you just like, I don't really care. I, I I'm I'm gonna create whatever I want to create. I'm gonna believe what I want to believe. I'm gonna do what I want to do. And it's and that doubt is causing you to lead you into further just pride and arrogance and trust in self. And so I think that the posture of our heart it, it needs to start there, and it needs to be be independent upon. God, you know, because God's the only one who can give us that humble heart. If we, if we left to ourselves, we're just going to build callous upon callous upon callous and our hearts are going to become hard and we're going to go the prideful route. Mm. So I think uh, initially the starting point is, uh, you know, even David, uh, I think of the Psalms, I man, I've been meditating on that. Creating me a clean heart, oh God, renew a right spirit within me. Just that whole, You've got to work on our hearts. We've got to examine where is our heart leading us. Is it leading mm-hmm. us toward a posture of pride and arrogance and self dependency, or is it leading us in, into humility, recognizing, okay, I don't have the answers. I I don't understand the circumstances, but I'm but I but I know and believe that there's someone greater uh, that can help me in this period of life that I find myself in, in this doubt that I find myself in.
0: No, oh, that's and good, so I think that's the first place to start. No, that's great. Yeah, it made me think like. The rising popularity of deconstruction, it was making me think about that, this term deconstruction, like Mm -hmm. there are many within that process, not all, not all, but many who aren't ultimately seeking a deeper faith, but a complete like abolition of their faith. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. That's the prideful side of like, you know what, really I can, I can throw this term deconstruction on it, but I just want to create whatever I want to create. So let's just shatter this whole thing. Let's burn the whole thing down and create whatever I want kind of independent of God. And I know that's kind of a broad brush sweeping. Mm -hmm thing i just said but i do i absolutely think there are people in that camp of deconstruction now as someone who is very sensitive to that process who who i have absolutely gone through my own seasons of deconstruction still to this day have things that i'm deconstructing to use that word loosely in my faith it's for the purpose of reconstruction right right and it's for the purpose of building up the house of faith to look more like what God had in mind, right? It's it's taking those parts that that were wrong and saying no, those windows don't work. I'm going to shatter those, but God still wants windows, so we're going to put in the right windows. Right? And it's again, it's for the purpose of a deeper faith, not a more shallow faith. And the process of that is not done with me and myself and I, it's it's mm-hmm. inviting God into that, obviously. And it, with, like you said, a posture of humility, it's very different than that, that prideful, I will make what I want to make and to hell with whatever I don't agree with. You right. know what I'm saying? So no, really good stuff. So yeah, when we're, when we're looking at the Bible and like what pathway it gives us for moving through doubt the, the I think the, you know, first point you made was a great starting spot, posture of humility over and against the posture of arrogance or pride uh, really, what we see is is ultimately a, a doubting toward God in Scripture. Like this, when you when you That's ask the, the question same, at the beginning, yeah. "What are we doing with our doubt?" Well, really, first and foremost, we should be bringing this somewhere. It doesn't just stay inside of ourselves, inside of our minds, inside of our hearts. We bring this stuff toward God. So, Matt, when we're thinking about the Psalms, I mean, we talked about how those are obviously a great. There's, it's all over Scripture, but the Psalms in particular, I think, are are a spot that really shows us that happening, like over and over again. So Matt, when we're talking about the Psalms as as a way of doubting toward God, what, what do you what do you see there?
1: Yeah, um, so we're talking about the direction of where our our what we're doing with our doubt, and in Psalms 13 is one of the first ones that that kind of comes to mind as you're looking at David, and it really starts out with, "How long will you hide your face from me? Um, how long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day?" Uh, how long shall my enemy be exalted over me? I mean, as I read that, I'm sure a lot of the listeners probably have felt that way at some point. Mm. I know I've I've felt that way. You feel like the prayers are not even get past the your head <laughs> or the ceiling, um, and it's just filled with all this like you're looking at your circumstance. David's looking at his circumstance, and he's like, "How long is this going to be? Like, w- will it be this long?" But then you see at the very end there, he he shifts in uh, 13. Uh, verse five and six, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And it's interesting uh, that I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. I think about a lot of times, I just ask people, you know, when they struggle, when when they're, well, which one of the things I go to and worship music is a big answer. I get yeah. a lot of times and I, I'm pretty sure David probably like pulled out some songs Scrubbing and probably strumming that harp and was <laughs> like, all right, I got to, I got to stir up some affection for God and move myself. But you see like he's, he's got this thought, but immediately he's trying to say, okay, but remember, let me move myself toward God. I have trusted in your steadfast. What is this? What is he reminding himself about who God is? His steadfast love. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. God has saved me. He's he's trying to move his mind from a mind of how long is this gonna to be to wait a minute, who is God? What has he done in my life? And how can I remind myself of that? And and I just love that that that's where he's moving to, and that can give us so much hope. Like again, this is a guy who's titled A Man After God's Own Heart. You find him in this depth of doubt and despair. And we see a direction in which he's moving in toward God, mm. but yeah, I mean, how about you? I mean, I uh, know there's a bunch of other uh, psalms in here. Is there anyone in particular that you're
0: I mean, I just want to comment on what you just said that's so good, and we're gonna i'm gonna show that same pattern in a in a different psalm, but like yeah, that like I think just the the felt experience of doubt is so can be so disorienting and so like frightening to feel like, oh, I don't even know like if I could trust God anymore so like what you just said about like. Living in a felt experience of like that disorientation, that doubt, and then being like, you know what, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, yes, I'm going to bring that to God's attention. And I'm going to say, God, this is where I'm at. And I'm questioning all kinds of things. And I don't even understand what's going on or where you're at. But I'm going to anchor myself in an objective reality. Yeah of who you are, you have saved me, and not just salvation-wise, that's, yeah, for sure, but, like, Mm -hmm. in the ways that in my past, I can look back, and I can see your hand, you know, David, you know, running from Saul for his life, later, he'd run from Absalom, his son, and God has been faithful, and he's like, no, 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 I don't feel this right now, but I've seen you do it, and so this is still who you are, and so, like, man, when you're, like, feeling that, that that the elevation song. Do it oh again. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Sorry. for sure. But yeah, no. Just to just to re re uh, re. I can't even think of the word right now. I'm so hyped up on what we just said. But yeah, Psalm 77 basically says the same thing, and, and this one I think is in some ways even more of a darker picture into where where doubt can take us sometimes. But it ends in the in the similar pattern. So this is Psalm 77 verse three, and the psalmist says, "When I remember God, I moan." When I meditate, uh, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. This is where it gets a little dark. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? So man, like this, I love the Psalms. I love the Bible because it gives us license to bring this, this, this type of doubt toward God, right? And so he's bringing it toward God. He's being as honest and raw as he needs to be. And then it says, verse 10, we see that shift. Then I said, I will appeal to this to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I'll remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I'll ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. And so I know that for me, like, I don't know, for me that sounds like, oh, boom, he's the the doubt's gone. Boom, that's all it took, right? He's like, oh, I'm doubting in a horrible place. Oh, but who is great like our God? How great is our God? Like that, I don't think that's what's going on. Yeah. You know, I don't I, think. Yeah, no,
1: no, as a reason that I was thinking about just because even in the first part, he is, he's trying to remember, but he's struggling in that. It's, a, it's almost like the people that you hear say, um, I've tried that, Matt. I've tried to just remember and it didn't work. You know, or I tried to trust in God and it just didn't work. Yeah. I tried that and it didn't work. I still feel work. like crap. And you you see a guy here again, they, they tried that and and it didn't work. Yeah. And and even as um, you know, the Psalms they, they have that selah, right? Yeah. And that's like pause, meditate on this. Uh-huh. And it's right before the verse verse ten that you read, where he, where you see the shift.
0: That's right. It's almost like take I all didn't this. Even catch in. That. Yeah, I just it, saw well, it. Yeah. I was like
1: it's like, whoa, whoa, slow slow it down here in the psalm. Don't just over like look at what this guy is saying and what he's been trying to do. It's like pause. Think about that for a second.
0: No, that's good. And man. then that's shift really from
1: that because you've got to take a pause in that moment to even redirect your heart. Cause you get caught up in those feels, you get caught up in your circumstances, you get caught up in those questions and your, your heart can take you and lead you in a totally different direction to where you, you really need to think about, okay, wow, what is consuming my mind, my heart, my thought, what is going on in there?
0: No, dude, that is, that is so good. I'm glad glad you said that. It makes me think again, going back to just kind of my, my growing up experience of doubt there were times i'd bring i'm just i've always had this personality i just like to ask questions i'm just very like uh what's the word inquisitive you know and especially pertaining to matters of the faith like i'm like this is a pretty deep religion there's a lot of questions to be asked so i would bring those questions to people and often i would hear again from well-meaning people you know but this is what i would hear uh you know god's ways there are our ways and his thoughts not our thoughts Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay like yeah i know that verse and that is true His ways are not my ways and his thoughts are not my thoughts, but you've just closed the book on my questions and you don't make me feel like I can even bring them anymore. And let's just do a quick little, we're not doing the say law. We're not pausing. Why don't we just pause on my questions for a little bit? Why don't Mm. we sit with these a little bit? Why don't Mm -hmm. we work through these a little bit? You know what I mean? And rather than just blow past them with a little, you know, stamp of a verse, why don't we actually sit with these? And so that kind of ties us into our third point, because that was me bringing these things toward others, Right. And so we've talked about starting with a posture of humility uh, over and against a posture of arrogance. We've talked about bringing our doubt toward God, and lastly, we want to talk about just the importance of of bringing our doubt to others, having doubt alongside others. So Matt, talk about that—just the importance of, of doing that. Oh
1: man, yeah. Like I bet on every podcast. If we haven't, please forgive us, but it's probably going to include something about moving toward God and moving toward other people. If it doesn't, shame on us because that is that is our heartbeat, drumbeat kind of thing that we beat on. Yeah, you have to, I mean, the whole the whole factor of our faith is loving God, loving others. I mean, that's a big part of it. And bringing, not just bringing your stuff to light with you and God, but we need people along the way um, to remind us of, of who God is, to remind us of the faithfulness because, um, yeah, I... We, we can't do it alone. We're not made to do it alone. Um, I just think in my life personally how in so many facets of life those are the moments that I go back on are just seeing the faithfulness of a friend mm. it is, is a, is a image, image, an image bearer of God. They're reflecting who God is. They're fle- reflecting an attribute of who God is to me and, and I'm reminded of who God is as a result of having faithful friends um, and having people on my way who I can go to, I can talk to, who I can get advice from. Um, it's it's so valuable, so valuable.
0: Yeah, I man, that's... no. So good. Yeah. I mean, we just think of all those verses that we just kind of glibly toss around. Galatians 6 to carry each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, if you've got a burden of doubt, we often think of burdens as like, okay, I'm going through a trial or suffering or or maybe a sin that I'm caught up in or whatever. But also bring your if it's a burden of doubt man, bring that to somebody. Let a, a brother or sister walk through that with you, carry that with you and allow them to then fulfill the law of Christ, right? right. In order to do that, you got to bring the burden and vice versa. I've got to bring you my burden of doubt so that you can fulfill the law of Christ. And I think of James five sixteen, you know, that says confess your sins one to another. I think the Bible would say also confess your doubts one to another. And so experience healing. There's healing in that. There is power in that. Uh, there's wise counsel. Obviously we can go on and on with the verses and bringing your stuff to, to one another. But you know, if, if we are truly inhabited by Christ himself, like, mm-hmm if if I really do have not part of God, but the fullness of God in me, and you've got the fullness of God in you, right. like why wouldn't I bring this stuff to you mm-hmm. so that God can then mediate his presence through you to me, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we see all throughout scripture. Yeah. And that's what God wants us to experience. There's a way that we can experience that horizontally here with each other that, that that God wants to offer to us. He's like, man, I want you to experience that. But if you don't open up with this stuff, if you don't bring the burdens of doubt, or whatever it might be, then then you can't experience that. So yeah, that was really good, man. So yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where we're landing today, guys. Hopefully this has been helpful to you, cause you to think a little bit differently about doubt. If this has been helpful to you, please like, subscribe. Subscribe is even better than liking. But yeah, like and subscribe. Share, um, share, share. Share, 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 man. Like I, it's it seems kind of cringy and lame to, to tell you to do this stuff, but it just helps us get bumped up. It helps the word get out. It helps us beat that stupid algorithm. Uh, it's not like self promoting as much as is. we just want this to be a help to as many people as we can. So right. if you leave a review, um, you can just five star it. I know I'm saying <laughs> think it's less than five stars, go for it. But it's even better to write a review. Uh, so the, again, we're always trying to get around all this stuff. But yeah, if it's been helpful to you, do something with it. That's kind of the, the heart of that. But yeah, we love you guys and we will see you again next week.